Because I was doing what I think a lot of people do now, which is, you know, you put up an audiogram, you, you clip a thing, you put up an audiogram and you're like, new episode dropped. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't really work. Like, I'm a super fan. Mm. No one really cares. So I was like, okay, how do I start creating curiosity? And through that process, we actually came up with what I call eight mental models of content honey traps. Hello, you're listening to Podcast Growth Hacks, where I talk to podcasters of all experience levels to unpack the most powerful growth tactics they used to grow their podcast. I'm Pat Chung. And if you're a podcaster, well then subscribe so that together we can all learn and experiment with how to grow our own podcasts. Today, we're chatting with Deirdre Shin. She learned a ton about podcast growth, having hosted the Growth Boss podcast for 112 episodes. And now she's the host of Grow My Podcast Show. She's also the founder and CEO of Capshow, an AI tool for podcasters to automatically generate their podcast show notes. Very cool. I first met Deirdre several months ago at Podcast, where she totally mistook me for someone else. But I'm glad she did, because we had a great conversation and I always enjoy meeting other podcast tech founders. So we have a lot to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Deidre. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks for having me, Pat. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. And today we have you on the show to learn about your podcast growth hack. I think it's called Content Honey Traps, yes. which uh, we're excited to dive into. But before we dive into all that, let's start with some backstory about you and your podcast. Yeah. So, uh, gosh, long story short, because I've been in entrepreneurship for a while, I started in hospitality, I grew those uh, stores, pivoted to technology, failed that, fell into agency work, and then transitioned to coaching. And that's where we ended up with the growth boss, which was essentially helping e-commerce business owners grow their businesses. And at the time, I was completely new to how to grow a business like that. I was following a mentor of mine, of mine now, Russell Brunson at the time, and he was a big, big believer in podcasting or really publishing in some way, but especially, you know, for him, he loves podcasting. And I actually really enjoyed listening to podcasts. I was like, I guess that makes sense. I had no idea what I was doing. I was, I'm going to be honest, a little bit, a little bit intimidated by what I thought was all the tech and all the gear and all the equipment that you needed to have. But I kind of figured it out. I bought this like $53 microphone on Amazon and I was just like, okay, I think this is how it works. And well, I guess if it doesn't, we'll just see. And so we recorded our first podcast episode. Didn't do any editing because I have no idea what to do then. I didn't have any idea of what a good title looked like, what good show notes and description it was just on the fly I was actually it was really I was laughing because on my current podcast I actually have an episode on on just like player description so title and show notes and when I look back at some of the show notes that I had it was things like like the first episode was something like it was titled why this podcast and then the description was why not <laughs> why not it was just ridiculous things because I had no idea what I was doing. And so basically I started the podcast for that coaching business. And at first it was just fun. It was just a way to find my voice. I think a lot of experts do that. They use podcasts as a medium to just find their voice and learn from others 
But very quickly, definitely for me, I found that I was like, we need an ROI from this. How can we actually intentionally grow this thing and have it actually work as a lead gen machine? Wait, let and, me back up a little bit first. So yeah. you said when you first started your coaching business, you didn't even know how to grow a business and you started a coaching business. Is that what you said? I didn't know how to grow a coaching business. So I've been, yeah, I've been in business for a while, but like coaching was completely new to me. I see. And you joined a mastermind to learn how to do a coaching business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they put you on a path to start a podcast. Yeah, well, uh, it was actually a different mastermind. So I actually joined one that was the strategy was all about running challenges. And that's actually, that was our, I guess, one funnel, you know, when we talk about having a, a particular funnel to get, you know, leads and clients in the door, we were running challenges. So five-day challenges. And then alongside that, I was just listening a lot to Russell Brunson, who's the co-founder of ClickFunnels. And he is a big, big believer in, pod, in publishing, in getting mm. your voice out there. And that was what compelled me to actually start a podcast. Got it. So you started your podcast after launching your coaching business. Yes. <laughs> as yes. a lead funnel. Got it. Yeah, that's that's what, it, what I wanted it to become, but it was definitely not that <laughs> when yeah. we started. So yeah, now tell us about your podcast. Yeah. So I very quickly wanted to get an ROI on it and be like, okay, well, if I'm going to put this time in because it's, you know, it's a time to record and edit and come up with all the copy and things like that. I was like, well, I, I need to see something. Out. It's not a hobby for me. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so I started be, trying to be, figure out how do I actually grow this thing? How do I grow the audience and how do I intentionally lead that audience into the next step? So that for us is the show notes. Um, and then the show notes is where we want to have like some kind of lead magnet. And so I was like, yeah, how do I, and then so Russell, going back to him, one of his big, big things is curiosity. It's all, always about the hook, right? And I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, whenever we can create curiosity in someone, that's generally pretty much all the time what compels them to take that next step. Now, for mm -hmm. me, that next step was, hey, just come go from my social media profile to my podcast. You know, like mm -hmm. that was just the next step. And then, you know, and then the next step on there is listen to the episode. The whole episode and then the next everyone there's go to the show you know like that it's kind of step after step was how i started thinking about the podcast and breaking it down in that way so i was like okay so what i need to do is i need to create content say on social media that actually compels someone to want to go to my link in bio and click on listen to my podcast episode mm -hmm. uh and i was like okay how does because I was doing what I think a lot of people do now, which is, you know, you put up an audiogram, you, you clip a thing, you put up an audiogram and you're like, new episode dropped. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't really work. Like no one really, cares. unless they're a super fan, hmm. no one really cares. Uh, so I was like, okay, how do I start creating curiosity? And through that process, I, we actually came up with, I call eight mental models of content honey traps. Um, and I won't go into all eight now. I, I actually go into that in my grandma podcast show. Uh, but essentially I'll, I'll run through a couple. There are four that are based more on stories and that four based on mm -hmm. sort of the values or the tips that you're sharing on that episode. So for example, uh, tried and tested and true content hunting trap in the story part is a cliffhanger, right? How do you tell mm. people something juicy, but leave them? With like what happened, like I need to know what happened next. 
Um, and so that's such a powerful pull for people to be like, oh my God, I need to go listen to that. So that's, you know, an example of a story-based one. Um, an example of a test one is, uh, for example, and what the rebel is, is that you might share three things that the, the episode or the content is not, right? So if I was going to, if I was going to have an episode on social media, I might be like, I'm, you know, I'm talking about how to grow your podcast on social, using social media. What I won't be talking about is posting consistently. I won't be talking about how to call DM and I won't be talking about posting ghosting. You know, like what are three things that I don't talk about so that by the end of that, people are like, oh, so what is it? Like those are the things I get told to do all the time. So if it's not that, you must have something really cool that you're going to share. Um, and so that compels mm. people to actually listen. So I've got eight of those mental models. Um, and so the content honey traps really actually work everywhere, but I've really, really um, honed it in on how do you get people from your social media to your podcast? And then throughout your podcast, you want to be laying those content honey traps so that you're kind of leading people to your show notes and then from your show notes into the lead magnet, into the conversion event, into some action that you want them to take so that they start to become part of your community. Right. That's a pretty um, long lead funnel for a lot of conversions to not happen to. So I want to dive into some of these conversion metrics that you've kind of seen over the years. So it sounds like your first goal in creating this strategy of content honey traps is to get people from social to your podcast. Yeah. And yeah, I've heard often that audiograms aren't effective and you kind of mentioned that too, but it sounds like you're saying it's not so much that they're not effective. It just needs some hook first, right? Yeah. This curiosity hook. Yeah. Is that true or or just audiograms not even effective? Yeah, know? so there's a couple of things there. Uh, so audiograms, I would say, okay, my opinion on it is that audiograms aren't effective. And the reason why I say that is because... Are not or are effective? They, they aren't. Okay. And the reason being this, there's a couple of things. You kind of have to play to the platform that you're on. I'm a big, big mm. believer in that, right? I used to do audiograms because I was of the mind that like, yep, just, I want to be efficient. I want to use my time effectively. I've already created this content. It's super easy to clip it, repurpose it, done. Tick. I feel really good about myself because I've posted about it. But is it actually working on that platform? Is mm is the question you really have to ask. And, you know, audiograms like video, uh, videos used to work on places like Instagram, but now it's reels, right? So basically you want to be leveraging the algorithm of the platform. Mm -hmm. And that, as I said, is, is reels right now. The other reason why they're not super effective is because when you're on a platform like Instagram or Facebook or any of those discovery platforms where, you know, people just kind of mindlessly scroll, you need something that actually stops the scroll. A lot of times, audiograms are not the most effective at stopping the scroll hmm. because they're pretty, you know, branded and it's kind of like a face of someone that they probably don't even know who that is. And, you know, it's not the most effective at doing that either. So that's why I would say generally uh, we went away from audiograms and that's when we started actually finding it work uh, when we actually started doing our own thing on Instagram. No, I totally agree with you. Audiograms have been so commonplace. They're almost just like pictures that, yeah, you're right, but doesn't stop the scroll. In fact, I kind of scroll a little faster sometimes because exactly. yeah. I don't want to stick around for the whole audio. Yes. So how do you capture that curiosity then? Something needs to captivate the new listener or the potential listener long enough for them to 
actually take the pain to click on your short link to actually go to your podcast, right? Yes. So what are you using? Are you, how are you doing? Let's break that down a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll talk about Instagram because that's the main platform that I use. Uh, this could very well work on TikTok or Facebook or LinkedIn, wherever you are. So I use a method that I, a strategy that I call content hacking. So what we do is we essentially look at who else is our target audience following who, like, and it can be outside of, you know, any competitors or anything. It could just be interest-based pages, things like that. And then we'll look at what content actually performs. So what is a high engaging piece of content that my ideal audience is actually, you know, is it's, it's like they're vibing with it, right? And I'll look at that piece of content. I'll be like, okay, how can I hack this? So how can I use this inspiration for my own content? So I will actually repurpose someone else's, you know, like let's say a reel, the message that I want to be putting out there, which a lot is about my podcast episode. Uh, so, and then I'll obviously, it, we use as inspiration. We never like, you know, straight out copy. Uh, that just makes no sense. And a lot of times what we use as inspiration is going to be very different topic-wise to what it is that I want to be talking about. So that's why it's more about hacking it rather than copying it. Got now, it. So when you're hacking, are you just sort of getting inspiration by the format or what uh, exactly are you taking? Yeah, from? the format, like the, the audio. So what are they actually doing in the, you know, the, the reel? That's kind of a thing that you can do on reels and TikToks is, you know, you use a trending audio and then you can like, if it's a, let's say it's a pointing thing and they're doing this. Like you could literally just do the same thing, you're pointing, but the actual top, like what shows up. I see. It's going to be completely different. So you're sort of getting inspired by the trends of what types of reels are working well for yeah. your ideal audience. Well, your ideal audience. Yeah. So that's a key, key part. And then, so I'll create our own version of that. I'll talk about the episode. So that's like the visual side. That's kind of how you get the reach is a mm -hmm. play into what that platform is currently pushing. Mm-hmm. And then B is like, you know, you do it in a fun way that is actually going to capture people's attention. Um, okay. So a lot of times that's putting a hook on the title slide. Obviously the caption has to be right. packed with your content honey trap. Oh, I see. So the caption is where you put all, all the cliffhanger, let's say that's one of your models, right? Yeah. So you can put it in the reel as well. Again, mm -hmm. it depends on, on the inspiration, like right. it leads to it. But essentially at every, because everything is, you know, that, that funnel, right? So for us, we think about every reel has a title slide. We always put a hook on there mm. because we want them to watch the reel, right? What They're not going to click on something if they don't know what it's about. And if right. they're not, again, hooked or curious to know enough to want to actually play the thing. So that's almost the first thing. It's like, how do you create a, because everything starts with the actual visual content. So you create your content honey trap there. They watch the thing. And then at the end of that, you go read the caption for more. They go to that. There's another content honey trap laid there. Mm -hmm. And then it says, go listen to this podcast episode. They go to that. And there's another content honey trap that you want to be mm -hmm. laying, you know, your first, uh, you know, first five minutes of your podcast episode, because you want people to actually well listen to this thing. Mm -hmm. You obviously create a really great, compelling episode throughout, you know, we're always mentioning what we're going to be putting in our show notes and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe images, like fun things. Um, examples, we mention that throughout, I, I mentioned that throughout the episode so that by the end they're like, okay, now I'm like, go to the show notes and do this one thing uh, that might be opt-in right now, opt-in for our beta, pro our free beta program, 
or opt in for this five-day challenge right. if you want to learn more about, you know. So that's kind of how I think about sure. that. Let's break down the actual post a little bit just to geek out on it. So on that post description, you can actually put a link. So do you change out the short link episode for every post? Like, how do you do that? Or... Uh, so there's, there's a few mechanisms. So there is actually, um, for example, if you use Later as a publishing platform, they actually have this, uh, uh, I think they call it Later Linking Bio or something where when you click the link in bio, it actually shows any of the posts that mention a link, it will show that post. And then when you click on that, it will actually bring up the link specific to that post. So that's one way that you can oh. do it. The other way is um, you can use a link tree um, or something like that, which is more of a list of, of links. And for that, you basically just have to mention in your, your post, um, you know, listen to episode 13 called this and this, and then you can just each week, this is what we do. We actually change out the particular episode that's live that week. We also have another link that goes to the rest of the podcast so that if they want to go back, they can, you know, they see it at all posts, they can still go and find it through a podcast player. Got it. So even if it's an old post, that's like still getting a lot of clicks. If they go to that, uh, link in bio in that old post, there's still a way for them to eventually get to yes. that episode they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Cool. So you use the later link in bio? I don't. Actually, I use a, a version of Linktree. We just built it ourselves in ClickFunnels. We call it a funnel tree, but it just makes it really easy for us to then change the, the particular episode, live episode for that week. Cool. So did you stumble onto this whole strategy because of the Growth Boss podcast? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> we were just like everything that we stumble upon is always going to be a trial and error because we were just trying things. Right. Things don't work. Some things weren't working. Some things were. So yeah, essentially, it's always a mix of you hearing. You know, for us, um, I, I think I mentioned that it was like hearing Russell talk about curiosity and going, "Oh, that is so true." Now he was talking about that in the context of running webinars, and I was like, "But that is true." For everything like it doesn't have to be a webinar so i was like hey how can i use this concept of curiosity for my podcast and specifically to drive organic traffic there and then that's what led me down the path of okay well let's test and try these things right. and see what works and then this is yeah this is essentially a strategy that we found worked yeah i love the cliffhanger model for both stories and tips do you have another model that you could share that you really like uh, so I shared about the rebel. Another one is the boxer, which is really about the the pain point. So that's when, again, you're, you're really going, and this is more for experts. So this is, if you're going to be teaching something, it's like, you're currently feeling this particular pain point. And you want to bring that to life. Like, what does that pain look and feel and taste like, sound like? And then when people are like, oh my gosh, yes, that's me. And you say, well, I have the solution for you listen to my podcast episodes like that's another way to emotionally get them to be like yes i need to go listen to this thing so that's another example of it so you're basically song. just teasing out the pain point but you're not really giving any kind of a solution yet yeah that's right got it and you're saying to go listen to the podcast where you'll find more info and then on the podcast you lead them to your show notes yeah. which has whatever lead capture that yes. you decide to and in your yeah. case it's cap show yeah. So the strategy that you use for the growth boss, when you started using it, how has that changed your listenership? Like, where was it before and where was it after? Yeah, it was very, it was single digit. <laughs> okay, fair life. enough. That was very, very low. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. So, 
Um, and then, yeah, then I can't even remember what episode. So by the end, when we sort of decided to pivot away from, from that business, we had hit around about 12,000 downloads. So, you know, it really started ramping up kind of once we kept testing, like really being consistent at this. And the reason why, and I know that you mentioned, oh, that sounds like a long funnel, like a, you know, a, a long way, but it's actually because in anything organic you're never going to get instant gratification from. That's just the way, you know, if you, it's either time or money, right? So if mm-hmm. you have time, then you don't have to put a lot of money in and you can grow something organically. If you don't have time, but you have money, then yeah, you can go faster, but you're giving up the money, right? So mm-hmm. then you pay for ads and you, you know, that's where you get that instant gratification of like, yes, I have people signing up for things. So at the time we didn't really have a lot of money for ads. So it was like, hey, we need to get this organic engine going. And the reason why it was, you know, because a lot of people as well are like, I I don't really believe that social media can directly lead to like, especially for coaching, like high ticket kind of coaching and sales, high ticket coaching sales, because, and this is actually a concept that I read about in Daniel Priestley's book called Oversubscribed. He talks about the seven hour rule that anyone who you want to buy from you, and we're talking more, you know, if you're a coaching consulting service provider they need to spend at least seven hours with you hmm. so that they come to know like and trust you and that's why social media isn't a super useful strategy to get someone straight to a conversion offense yes it can happen i'm not saying it's not impossible but by and large that's not going to be the way that most people buy they need to spend seven hours with you so for me i was like i mean i heard that i was like okay great i'm going to get them to spend seven hours with my podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. that's going <laughs> to that's going to be my main long form content. So all I need to do is this, I just, and that's why that funnel, that podcast, I call it the podcast traffic funnel became so effective because once I had people funneling into listen to the podcast with, you know, and essentially binge listen to it, by the time they came to a challenge of mine or even just a sales call, they were pretty much sold. They just needed yeah. to know how much it was and how it worked and, and things like that because they already... They knew me, they liked me, they trusted me. Uh, so it's a, so the podcast track funnel is a great lead gen engine, but also really importantly, a really great sales conversion. Right. Method. No, I love how you think about it. It's funny. I talk to a lot of podcasters who are also service providers and coaches. And I ask them this often. I'm like, um, is your podcast a lead gen or is it the extra content you give them after they've already bought? And I'm surprised a lot of, uh, the people I talk to, they don't know. <laughs> they're not totally sure why they're doing it. Right. It's just they see yeah. a lot of this pattern around us. We see a lot of coaches. They all have podcasts, and but they yeah. don't know which comes first. So I, I really like how you're explaining that the podcast comes first. That's where they discover you. That's where they spend time with you. That's seven hours. Because you're right. Um, you know, social media is often just for dopamine hits. They're just quick, enjoyable things that will never cause you to convert. But it is interesting that's the top of your funnel. Um, yeah, so going to your new podcast, is this a playbook you're using for the Grow My Show podcast? A hundred percent, yes. Uh, so that it, it's so cool because I kind of used like the growth boss was kind of like my testing ground and we made so many mistakes. And, I, and then when we decided to pivot, you know, create Capture, it made total sense to create a new podcast. And I was like, God, oh, this is so cool because now we can set it up almost the right way right. from the very beginning. 
Uh, and so that's been, it's, uh, it's been really, really exciting too. And we keep testing and, and we keep seeing what's working, but yeah, this, mm. this is working for us. Great. Let's talk about Capsule a little bit, because I know a big part of this funnel is eventually driving your podcast audience to your show notes. Yes. Which I think is great. One of the questions I ask a lot is, you know, what's your primary call to action in your podcast? Is that your primary call to action to go to the show notes or what is it? Yeah. So, well, the primary call to action is always going to be for right now for us is to join our free beta program for Capture. <laughs> but what we actually do through, and they and by the way, they can access that link in the show notes. Right. But what we do throughout is we kind of drop teasers. We drop content honey traps in our podcast episode mm. to actually lead people to be, to have people be like, oh, I have to go check out the show notes. Mm. Um, Give so me for an example, example. Yeah. Yeah. We did an episode on actually on content hacking and we kind of laid out the strategy of, you know, step one, you do this, step two, you do this, step three, you do this. And we were talking through an example of a particular reel that we had content hacked. And so we're like, if you want to go check that out, go to the show notes. So we'll show you the original reel and then we'll show you what we did essentially. Mm -hmm. And so again, you know, people are like, yeah, I want to go see this example because what better way to actually bring something to life, right? Than to, to actually see it. And so that's only available in the show notes. So that's kind of, you know, we were just dropping these little, these little hints. There was another episode as well that we did where we told the story of uh, Bonner and I, my co-founder and I, before we went, got into agency and coaching, we actually had this really, really short stint because we knew our story, like we had a very limited time in New York. We decided to fail our then software business. It was a, in fashion technology and we were at Lim Stands or we need to make some kind of money. And so we became like delivery drivers for <laughs> a really, really short amount of time, which is hilarious because mm -hmm. that's, you know, how the heck do we end up there? Yep. But when we're talking about that story in the episode, we were like, you know what, go to the show notes because we'll show you actual photos of us. Mm. <laughs> you know, at that time when we were delivery drivers. Oh, so you um, include photos and everything at your show. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, we try to make it as interactive and, you know, we, we, we want to bring our show to life. And so that's what we do in our show notes as well. So that's it's cool. just little things that you can share because people are just so curious about things that they, I mean, they are, they're already there listening to you. They're already spending that seven hours with you coming to know, like, and trust you. What better way than to give them more about, you um, and who you are and what you're doing then right. and to lead them there. That totally makes sense. So let's dive into Capshow. You're the founder and CEO of this new podcast technology called Capshow. Tell us about it. Yeah, for sure. So when, when we were like, okay, content honey traps work and we have these, we figured out these mental models. I was like, how do we, how do we bring this to life? How do we make, A, make it easier for ourselves, but B, like help other podcasters be able to leverage this thinking so that they can amplify it. Because, you know, we're all, we, we need to be promoting, right? We need to be promoting our podcasts. And so for the longest time, even with the growth boss, I'd be like, yes, there's an episode up, but then I forget to promote it. <laughs> and, like yeah. that's almost the afterthought. Yeah. You have to actually tell people that mm -hmm. this thing is, is up and live. And so we were driven by, yeah, really wanting to help experts who podcast to amplify their message. And the best way that we knew how to do that was through content honey traps, but people hate copy. And so we went in it to be like, let me teach you, Pat, how to write <laughs> your <laughs> show notes and how to write your, like how to think about your title and how to write your social media caption mm -hmm. and how to write your email, your promotional email. 
we were like, I think there's a better way. And so what we did was we took the human in, the human intelligence of, you know, what content, like what content hunting traps are, and we merged it with the artificial intelligence to bring that efficiency. And that's really how Capture came about. So Capture, how it works is you upload your audio file and in under 10 minutes, it creates a really, really high quality first draft of the title, episode description, show notes, social media caption, and social email as well. Wow, it creates all that. I didn't know it actually created social media captions too. That's super useful. So how effective is it? Uh, I know I wanted you to do a little audit on my show notes. Yeah. And you got to have some patience with me because as of this episode, I've only released a couple. So I'm brand new to show notes. <laughs> yes. And you're right. I, on some level, I hate it. I hate doing it already. And I'm yes. like, oh, like my... you're only on like two episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, by the way, is just as an aside, this is what a big, big contributor to Podfade. You know, we hear about Podfade a lot. You know, so like 80% of podcasts don't even last seven, 10 episodes because they don't realize that this is the work that goes into it. Uh, so I'm not surprised that you're like, oh my gosh, this is such a drain and I hate yeah. life already because it is, it's, it's. Yeah. All great. these things add up and this show notes step takes a long time. Like I'm listening to the whole podcast again, writing all the notes, yeah. writing all the links and references. And currently, yeah, it's taking probably to my shame, like probably maybe like a couple hours to write show notes, which is just quite long. So Let's take a look at one of uh, the show notes for one of my episodes. Which one are you looking at? Yeah, so I'm looking at episode three, uh, how a fitness and mental health coach uses podcast to increase clients and followers. <laughs> so break it down. What am I doing right and what am I doing wrong? Or maybe I'm not doing anything right. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it was all good. Okay, so I think, you know, one of the first things that I think about is A, content honey trap, but B, also SEO. Because a big reason why you want show notes is to leverage the SEO capability of Google. So a a big thing that I would advise is in the title is you actually want to mention your guest's name. And the reason Mm. why is because if people happen to be searching for her, and if you've optimized your show notes in, you know, the best way that you can, then your, this should come up. And because you always want to put your keywords in the title and then so that would be my first thing. Um, well, let me how- ask you this. Yeah, let, let, let's let's pause there a little bit. I, I do have a little bit of an SEO background, and yes. I agree. I don't know how I missed the name. I think it's because I'm trying to fit it into the standard SEO length for oh. a title. So does Capshow account for maximizing the SEO title size length, things like that? So it doesn't explicitly. So so what Capture does is it actually does look at what keywords, what topics. Mm. that you're talking about. Um, so it does actually do a relatively good job at, at, at picking that and also at using the guest name. Where we are going to take it is we do want to build in an SEO indicator to help with that. We're not quite there yet, but that's where we want to be going. So we are going to be having more tools around SEO, uh, but right now it's pretty, it's relatively, it's good at picking out the topic, the keywords and using the guest name for a title. That's fair. That totally helps because I think I've struggled a little bit with trying to condense like a whole, uh, like you said, this curiosity factor and SEO factor into a short title. But I agree with you. Having a guest name in there would be super helpful. Yeah. And then probably the second thing, and you should know this, hopefully, is that, you know, (laughs) Google, because it'll read uh, like sort of what's 
at the you know, top first, right? Um, and so you probably want to be putting a pretty compelling paragraph even above the player. Because right now what you're seeing, for those who can't see, is it starts off with the player first. And I thought the player first, just because if people are here for a podcast, but you're right, this doesn't help the robots see it at all. Okay. Yeah. And right below the player, I have an image, which yes. also doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. So I should start with a description probably, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that description, not only will it be optimized for SEO, but it will also be a content honey trap because you want people to keep reading. Or at the very least, to be so intrigued by your episode that by the time they get to your the player, they're like, okay, I'm going to listen to it. All right. Um, I'm already yeah. going to edit. I, this is great advice. I know I'm already going to edit these posts. Uh, so going down, I think my description, I, I would kind of consider that my description. So tell me about my description. It's about three sentences long. I would definitely say you need to open up with a content honey trap. So again, what's a particular pain point or what's the particular story that you're trying to share? Like what's the, the, the key that people are going to get from this? And you want to be able to, you want to say it in a way that creates curiosity, that actually hooks them in to keep reading. So that's what I would open up with. And then totally in this episode, we chat with Kiara Carter, host of the Run Swag Survive podcast. We learn, okay, we, okay, and then we learn how Kiara used the podcast to go. So that's fine. I would put her link, check out the podcast here. I would put that under a resources section. So I would move that out of the description and just have the description about the podcast, like your particular podcast episode. Right. So just don't put any resources in the description area. Like yeah, links. I, I wouldn't, and... Yeah. I wouldn't okay. put anything there. Yeah. Because people, they don't know enough to want to click on that yet. Right. They're like, why should I check out the podcast when I have no yeah. idea who this person is and what yes. kind of value she's giving? Okay. Exactly. Exactly. I dig it. Um, and then I would actually, so what um, Capture does really well um, is A, it creates a bio. Um, so it'll, from the audio, it'll actually pull together a bio for, for Kiara in this case. So I would actually put as a second paragraph her bio. And then in the third paragraph, I would actually put well, actually, sorry, even before we get there, I, I actually, uh, what Capture does is it actually gives a bit of her story. So it'll be like, based on what she shares in her episode, it'll actually be like, this is Kiara's story. It'll be a little bit of a summary there. And then it'll go into a value. It'll actually go into, these are the three things that you're going to learn from this episode. So and it she, only does that if she shares the story, obviously, in the episode, right? She, it doesn't like go grab it from other parts of the web or anything. Her bio, it does, it can do, but yeah, but generally it'll, it'll try to stick to what is shared in the episode. Okay. Wow. That's super interesting. I think after this, I'm going to have to try your, uh, try <laughs> yeah. show and I'll put it on this show note to see the yeah. sort of the before and after that would be really interesting. And yeah. just in my defense a little bit, I think as a beginner podcaster, I'm still a beginner. Uh, I'm only on, you know, a handful of episodes. I'm just trying to systematize everything. I think that's my main goal. Like, yeah. uh, you see this paragraph here. What I'm trying to do is just lessen the work for me. Yes. So this automated tool helps lessen the work and creates more paragraphs. Yes. That's great because yep. I totally agree with you. The description should be way more thorough. Uh, I just didn't think I had time to write it. So helping me save that time would be super interesting. So very yeah. curious about what the AI would produce. 
Does yeah. it usually produce, you said about three paragraphs long of uh, information about the guest? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, not about the guest, about the episode. So it'll, okay. uh, it'll do the first paragraph, which is content honey traps with your keywords, kind of like talking specifically to your audience to be like, you've got to read more. And then it goes into, okay, well, this episode is about here's the, this story, this particular story, this is what you're going to learn, which I do, you know, again, in your defense, you have put that uh, you know, the way you've got podcast growth hacks learned in this episode and you've got some dot points. So it'll choose three, again, listening to your episode, it'll choose three things that, you, you know, your audience is going to learn from this podcast. And then it goes to the guest bio. And then from there, then it's just all the resource links and social media links and things like that. So yeah, that's what it does. So basically it would just add story summary and guest bio to what you currently have. I see. So... Uh, for people who aren't looking at my show notes right now, I have a sponsor section. I have a follow podcast growth hack and myself. I have follow our guest links. I have all these kind of bullet points, what I call resources. It seems like Cap Show gives you some of the resources, but I would probably still augment more, right? Yes. Yeah. Got That's it. Right. And, but I also have like this section called podcast growth hacks learned in this episode with some bullet points. You're saying Cap Show would create those at least three bullet points for me, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that is so cool. Can't wait to check it out. Um, are you using Capshow for your show notes right now? Yes. Yeah, and maybe that will be your content honey trap for this okay. episode. Yes. You check out. Go check out growmypodcastshow.com. Grow My Podcast Show is the name of your podcast website for your podcast. Yes. Yeah. You said it's in beta right now. How many beta testers do you have and um, when's it coming out? Yeah, so we have a lot. So we've basically opened up a beta. Um, anyone who can apply it, well, we say anyone, but ex specifically experts who podcast. So if you're a coach, consultant, service provider who podcasts, then please apply. It's because we have, oh gosh, on we have close to 200 people right wow. now in beta. In beta. It, and, it, and it's growing every day. So yeah, we're, we're not really closing it as such. It is by application because we just want to make sure that it's the right people specifically in there. But uh, yeah, we're close to making it paid and, and launching it more holistically. But right now, we just want to make sure that we iron out as many of the bugs and weird things that are happening <laughs> as much as possible. Sure. Do you have a targeted launch date? We are not, no, not from that perspective. But it'll be soon. It'll probably be in the next couple I shouldn't say a couple of weeks, next month. Okay, cool. So I'll have that link in the show notes cap show. So if you want to sign up for the beta, if you feel like you qualify, sign up for the beta. And if not, at least follow what they're doing and follow what Deidre is doing on her podcast. And I'm sure you'll get an announcement there. I had one more question about my episode titles. This is what I'm struggling with recently. Should I actually put the episode number on there? I kind of looked across what experts are doing. Some people do it. Some people don't. It seems like for content yeah. honey traps, you are referencing the episode number quite a bit, right? What should I do? Um, yeah. And so we, we don't, to be honest, mostly because it does take up quite valuable real estate. Yeah. So yeah, you don't, you don't necessarily want to do that. So in terms of driving them from social media, we don't really, we can reference the episode number, but it's more referencing the title of the is what, what we reference, is what we make sure that we reference in on, on social media. Got it. Okay. So as long as you reference the title, they'll be able to find it in your link in bio and yeah. Yeah. to drive people there. Got it. Okay. That's super useful. Yeah. We always kind of end the episode with what I call our final quick fire five questions. 
So these are just meant to be short questions. Uh, so number one, do you collect listener emails? Oh, only if they opt in to something. Opt in. And right now your lead magnet is that Capture beta. Yes. That's a great yeah. lead magnet. Have you used <laughs> other lead magnets before? Yeah. So we actually, I, I mention it, but it's not like the number one CTA in my podcast episode, but for each of our episodes, we actually do a cheat sheet. Um, and so for I'll basically episode. at the end of the episodes, I'll start. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll start now. I can only do that because I do have a team. So I have people who can help with this. If it was just me, I probably wouldn't do it. But essentially, I summarize what I've taught or what my guest has taught. And I'll, in the episode, I'll be like, but you know what? You can go to show notes and just grab the cheat sheet. So that also is another lead magnet that we have there. But it's not my, it's not my primary call to action that I'm wanting to drive people to. Sure. That's great. Question two, what's the one podcast you recommend the most besides your own? Oh, gosh. For any particular topic that you're... Any, just something you're, just something you like. Something that I like. Okay, so... I mean, and something I you actually recommend. Yeah, okay. So something, this is going to sound so cliche because I'm sure that everyone's like, oh, I love this podcast. But How I Built This with Guy <laughs> Ross, that was the first ever podcast I listened to. And it has, it's just so inspirational to hear like, you know, entrepreneurs who kind of made it and just with the struggles that they went through. Because then it reminds me that I'm like, you know what, we can still get there. <laughs> Even yeah. with all of these struggles that I'm going through right now. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I hear the question, like, what's one podcast you want to be on? And I always say, hi, I built this. <laughs> kind of shows that you've made it. No, I love that yeah. podcast. Question three, how much time do you spend on your podcast per week producing it? I, again, I, as I said, I have a team that helps. So I only record. That's awesome. Yours is weekly, right? It is weekly, yeah. How much time so, do they spend on it? Um, we've actually got it down to a pretty good system. Um, so I would say the editing is probably, um, gosh, an hour. No, now, the thing is, we go, we kind of go overboard with our pod podcast a little bit. I don't know if you ever listened to it, but we put music to it. Like, we were very yeah. intentional with, with the experience. highly produced, yeah. That you all have. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's about... Nine, 19 minutes to a couple of hours that do actually edit the, mm -hmm. I actually don't even think it's that long. I reckon 16, 90 minute max um, to edit the actual episode. And then obviously we have capture to create all of our show notes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of content hacking, like the social media side of things, I literally spend about, I get told what to do. So I get told <laughs> this is what you're going to, you know, these are the actions that you're going to do. This is the answer you're going to do. And that's literally takes me like a couple minutes to do that. That's cool. So you just show up and then you just record and you're done. Yeah. That's awesome. Question four, what's your favorite podcast tool besides your own? I would have to say Descript. Descript. I'm sure that's another popular one, yeah. but it has actually genuinely made the editing process a lot easier. But you don't even use it, right? It's your team, right? It's the team, yeah. But I, I know, I don't know what they do. <laughs> I know yeah. how, how easy it, it, it makes it for them. And you'll hear, Pat, I know that you're on my podcast, but you'll hear how we edit even guest interviews. So I do some narrations and then, so I actually get them to, so I, I pull the transcript and I actually go through and that, that kind of like that sub is the substitute for the 30 hours, like 30 so 30 minutes that I might genuinely, generally use to record my own podcast episode, I spend 
sort of editing and just re- recording bits of it myself. I see. So for your solo episodes, you're recording directly into the script so you could kind of edit as you go along, sounds like. No, actually, yeah, because I don't, yeah. So we don't, yeah, no, we don't do that, but that's a good idea. I should start doing that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love the script. Great tool. So the final question, what's your primary call to action at the end of each episode? Yeah, so it's going to join our beta program, our free beta program for Cap Show. And it's free for four weeks. And that is my primary call to action. And that's just at capshow.com or is there a subdomain or? You can't go, you can get there from capshow.com. Yep. C-A-P-S-H-O.com. C-A-P-S-H-O. And there you have it, folks. Thanks so much for joining our podcast, Deidre. And if you want to follow Deidre and learn more about her, go to capshow.com, sign up for the beta and yeah, get some good AI show notes. Thanks, Deidre. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Podcast Growth Hacks. If you like the show, please tell a fellow podcaster about it. This really does help keep our show going. And if you have a podcast growth question that you're kind of curious about, well, I'd love to hear from you. You can leave me an audio message by going to podinbox.com slash podcast. Once again, that's podinbox.com slash podcast. I'll include that link in my show notes. I personally respond to all questions I receive there. And once I get your question, I'll find the podcasting expert to answer it on an upcoming episode. We'll play your question and I'll even give you a shout out. Until the next episode, keep creating and keep growing your show.